Well, now you got into this mess by going down a waterfall. Now, how would you suppose we'd get him out of that? By going up the waterfall? That's right. Anything's possible in Disneyland. <laughs> Welcome back to Up the Waterfall with your hosts, Zana and Scott Otis, two adventurers sharing their love of Disney Park story and details with you. Whether you're a lifelong Disney fan or just discovered the parks, we invite you to join us up the waterfall and see where it takes us. Episode 50, a Hollywood that never was and always will be. Well, hi, everyone. Welcome back. We have not done a podcast in over a year. Uh, let's see. It's been more than a week it's been <laughs> i think february of 2021 was the last Wait, podcast what? we did and it was a glorious episode on pleasure island the history yeah, of and then i'm not sure what happened i think we fell off the face of the earth and uh did not do another really? podcast yeah. but we've kind of switched things up and we talked about recording again you know probably once a month at least if not more and Quite we just bit. never did um but we are now committed are. to redoing this and we're not going to do right now i know some of you may remember our live shows that we yeah. had I love the live shows. and we also were doing video podcasts as well but right now we're going to go back to basics and just do audio <laughs> podcasts and uh, get back in the swing of things. Those are fun, too. And see where it takes us. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I have to get my podcast voice back because it's been so long. I have not been... Although I have a Reels voice now. I've been doing more oh, Reels right. on Instagram. Those have been fun. You should check those out. Yeah. So how's it going? How you been? Pretty good. <laughs> been hanging out, uh, just you know, chilling. Yeah. I, I would say, like, oh, so much has happened, but... It was 2021, so like we already had been through the pandemic and all that fun stuff. So wow, but is that like two years? Doesn't it seem like? I mean, it doesn't seem like it's been a year since we. But that's two. Yeah. Wow. This is 2023. Anyway, enough of that. Ooh. We're going to talk about Disney MGM Studios this week because oh, May 1st is the anniversary. Um, you can do the math. 1989. Well, yeah, right. And this is 2023, so... That would be 34. There you go. Wow. 34 years. So not really an eventful anniversary as far as celebrations go. But this park holds a dear place, I think, in both of our hearts. Absolutely. Maybe not as much as Animal Kingdom, which we just celebrated the... <laughs> 25th. <laughs> 25th. And we were Sorry. both there on opening day. I had 40th in my <clears throat> mind for some reason. Um, yeah. And uh, you know we'll talk about Animal Kingdom next year. You got to wait a whole year now to do that. We'll do we'll do the yeah. I was going to say other than Animal Kingdom, where we were both there on opening day, separately. Um, this is the one where I was where my first admit to the park was closest to its opening. Yeah, I was trying to think of when I first visited because this was a strange time in my life. I had moved from <laughs> Virginia to Massachusetts again in October of 88, I believe. So I don't think I went back to uh, Walt Disney World. Maybe I did a trip with just my mom wow. at some point, but I know I did a 
senior year trip to Disney, but I'm pretty sure we went before that. So it must have been, I mean, it wasn't near opening day at all, but I don't know. And I do have memories, even though I was not living with my father at the time, we met up with him. He was living in Florida and I have like so many weird memories of going here with my dad that it almost seems like I make it earlier in time when we were all, you know, living in Florida and stuff like that. But that is not the case because it was 89. So I don't know. It's all a blur at this point. I'm getting too old to remember things. That's right. But I can, I do remember mine. Um, it's, it opened in May of 89. And in 18, 1989, I actually only went to Disneyland that year. I never, and I was in college at the time at Texas Tech. So it was right in the middle of the country, halfway between Disneyland and Disney World. And that year, I only went to Disneyland. But in 1990, I went to Disney World a couple of times. I went for spring break in March of 90. Didn't you start working? That's the thing. Oh, okay. And I, I knew I was going to be starting working right after college, or after during the summer break of, of 1990. So I went for spring break in March of 1990, but I knew that I was going to be coming back in May of 1990 to work. Um, and and during that trip in for spring break, I actually intentionally did not go to uh, Hollywood or Disney MGM Studios um, because it was going to be a real quick trip and I didn't, you know, I wanted to do it justice and I wanted mm. to save it for when I was going to, you know, be able to give it its its proper due. That's so crazy. I actually intentionally did not go to Disney MGM Studios until I until I started working here in May, May of 1990, which was, you know, essentially one year after it opened. Wow. Yeah. Maybe it was 1990 that I came then for that uh, high school trip. My mom was a chaperone, Ooh. and I was here with a bunch of drama kids, <laughs> um, which it wasn't a drama kids trip, but everyone there was always a senior trip to the Bahamas at my school, and I had no interest That's in that. interesting. <laughs> so the drama kids and the nerdy smart kids were like, we want to go to Disney. So we organized the first ever senior trip to Disney. Nice. And my mom was like, I will chaperone for sure. <laughs> and we stayed at the, um, then it was called the Comfort Inn, because I remember we nicknamed it the Discomfort Inn. But now <laughs> I, I don't even know what it is. It's the one that you can see from I-4 right before the crossroads exit. Oh, yeah. I don't even know. I, I know it's changed hands recently. Anyway. A few times. Back to Disney MGM Studios. It's so weird to hear you almost say Hollywood Studios because like yeah. we're so used to calling it that and really that's like so much more of a mouthful than Disney MGM Studios. And I know that everyone always shortened it to MGM. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to MGM today. I never did that. I, I always know. called it Disney MGM. Because you're into <clears throat> nomenclature. So. Uh, a little bit. <laughs> but also, you know, I didn't want to discount the whole Disney, the Disney part, part of it. it. Yeah. You know, it was more Disney to me than it was MGM. So. I know. Well, let's talk about when we first went and what we thought of it, what our thoughts and feelings yeah. were. I mean, I will say that it was not until many years later until I was a fully formed adult that I <laughs> knew anything from the park itself had anything to do with actual places <laughs> because oh wow as you know we've talked about on here before i did not go to california until um 2011 yeah. and i had never even been west of the mississippi uh except for chicago one time in like 1997 or something like that so 
yeah, I had, I just didn't know anything about Hollywood or anything. And it's always fascinated me. I always am talking to our friend Matt because he's like a big Hollywood history buff. And I'm like, you need to write a book. Um, <laughs> so I can read it basically, you know, because I just, I love all of these old Hollywood stories. I'm fascinated by it, but I was very stupid and had no idea no, not stupid. that any of these things were real <laughs> places. So I loved when I found out like, oh, the crossroads of the world mm-hmm. is like an actual thing. And the front entryway was like whatever um, studio that was, like Paramount Studios. I don't know, like their entrance thing, the Pan Pacific, the, yeah, the, something like that. I actually cannot remember. Mm. Pan something. I think it was Pan Pacific. Yeah, here's the thing. I actually grew up in Southern Tell California. Tell us in the comments. <laughs> but but I, I lived in Orange County, very close to Disneyland. Yeah. And our family, we never really Hollywood went to Hollywood. Yeah. We, uh, I mean, but I, when when the Studios Park opened, I, of course, you know, I, I actually did know that they were <laughs> based off of uh, real-life places. I didn't know all of the the history of it yeah. until later. But uh, a lot of them were you know, fairly famous like the Brown Derby and, yeah. and things like that. I guess I, my knowledge of Hollywood architecture and icons were from Bugs Bunny cartoons, really. <laughs> uh, well, that, that can be a good explanation. Especially that so. one that has like all the actual Hollywood stars like in caricature form and stuff well, in like that. In fact, Disney had those. one of those too. Oh, I probably <clears> saw <throat> that then. Yeah, the, the polo. Oh, yeah. Mickey Mickey's polo team or something like that. Um, had a lot of the uh, Hollywood old Hollywood stars. Yeah. So my point was that even though I had no point of reference for all of these things, <laughs> like I loved the park itself. Like oh, it, yeah. even to this day, my favorite parts of it are when you walk in and seeing all of the different colors of the um, storefronts and, you know, going around to Echo Lake and seeing Gertie the dinosaur. And oh, like yeah. at night, of course, all the neon is just yes. ridiculously beautiful that thing it's you know just so evocative of what 1930s Hollywood yeah. you know, <sighs> Hollywood Boulevard and then the extension on Sunset yeah and it's, yeah especially at, uh, the Echo Lake and what they do at Christmas time now mm-hmm. with the vintage ornaments <clears throat> love it all yeah so let me I forgot I was wanting to do this let me read the dedication oh, yes. so of course the title of this episode is the Hollywood that never was and always will be which I, I'm sure I mentioned on the last time we talked about Hollywood Studios, um, I've done a blog post about this that I think it, I wrote it when um, the hat was coming down. Yeah. I haven't reread it in a while, so I'm not sure if it has stood the, the test of time. But I've always <laughs> been fascinated by this phrase, uh, which of course comes from the dedication of the park on sure May 1st, 1989, from Michael D. Eisner. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he didn't write it, but you know. He said it. (laughs) Okay, so the world you have entered was created by the Walt Disney Company, and it is dedicated to Hollywood, not a place on the map, but a state of mind that exists wherever people dream and wonder and imagine, a place where illusion and reality are fused by technological magic. We welcome you to a Hollywood that never was and always will be. Like, that's that's just such a magical phrase, and it really just lets you know that... Yeah, this is not reality, but it, it's way, what it though, could be. It, and it, it kind of is, though, because this is really the only park that, you know, a lot of it had to do with Walt. Yeah. And, you know, Walt, you know, moving to Hollywood in 1923 to start up his studio. 
you know, this is kind of the, the Hollywood dream and all of the, you know, the dreams of stars. Yeah. I think that's why I love the Buena Vista Street section of oh, yeah. um, California Adventure so much, too, because I just love places that are real but, you know, slightly more magical. Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, this part of this the park when you first walked in really gave you that, like, you love Hollywood and, you know, hooray for Hollywood kind of uh, feeling. But then the whole back half of the park was, of course, all the behind-the-scenes mm -hmm. fun, and you got to see that. And I feel like there really isn't too much left anymore that is trying to keep up with that no, backstage. It, yeah, it's hard film. to find all of that in the in the way that the park is now. Yeah. They, it's This is probably the park at Disney World that has certainly changed the most. I was wondering, I was thinking that when I thought we were going to talk about this topic. I feel like Epcot could be tied for that. Well, probably by right now, now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it really has changed uh, kind of the spirit of the park, which is why I appreciate that they haven't really done anything to the front of the park yeah. yet. I hope they don't do anything to it. There was rumors a while ago that they were going to destroy Echo Lake. But oh my gosh. I, don't I was just thinking because Echo Lake, you know, that that is a prime piece of real estate, but yeah. it's also just so evocative of old Hollywood. Yeah. I think still over by uh, Star Tours, mm -hmm. <clears throat> if you're in that queue, like the back of <clears throat> the queue that you're walking through, you can see like it's still made to look like props and yeah. backstage stuff, which is makes no sense at this point <laughs> in time. Yeah, there was a time when there was a, a clear delineation as to what was kind of like on stage and then the essentially backstage behind the scenes yeah. kind of thing. And, the, and they used and to have those little security booths yeah, that were like, right. this is your cue. And once you go past those, yeah, yeah, you're certainly backstage. And Star Tours was the perfect example of that because essentially you have where with the at at Walker and then the Ewok Village, these are actual places that are being filmed. But if you kind of go back a little bit, which you certainly can do, yeah. you see, wait, these are actually props and yeah. sets. Um, and that's still there, I guess. Mm -hmm. But sure is. it doesn't make any sense. No. Wow. And what was there <laughs> in that part of the park before Star Tours existed? Nothing. Uh, Star Tours was essentially kind of the, the first thing that opened after the park opened. It, was essentially, it opened in remember. 1990. Um, so just one year after it. Like, it had already been you know, announced that it would be uh, opening hmm. when the park opened. Maybe it was just trees or something. Yeah. Because like Backlot Express was there. Right. And, that and, the, and that's where essentially where the onstage or where cast or sorry, where guests, that's as far as they could go. Yeah. Until Star Tours opened. Because hmm. after that, where the New York Street was, all of that was part oh, of the backstage. Oh, that's right. And that was part of the tour. Initially, you could not yeah. walk there. That's right. Let's talk about that backlot tour. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so for me personally, loving behind the scenes, backstage, any stuff like that, I loved oh, yeah. the backstage studio tour is what it was originally called, right? Backstage mm -hmm. studio tour. Um so you start, it was a two-part tour when it opened. A two-part tour, there but was, all all crammed into one. It was yeah, not, you couldn't do time, either or when it first opened. You right. had to commit to doing the... And they actually did not have restrooms at the halfway point. When, I thought yeah. they did, didn't not, they? Not initially. Oh. 
Okay. And so it was essentially like a two earlier. plus hour tour <clears throat> that started with the tram. Yeah. And then and with the walking part of the tour. Um, that you know, and essentially this is the the kind of the bulk of your day. Um, and you know, it would have a lot of the the the, the things that you would see. You know, with the residential street, right. Catastrophe Canyon and all that. Um, but yeah, you'd, you'd enter the, the tram, essentially near where the um, animation tour is now, right? And a two-hour guided tour, an hour of walking. It does say restroom facilities are available at the shuttle station before you embark on your, oh, before you embark on That's right. And at the start of your walking tour. Okay. So I think maybe they were. This was like from the original map. Okay, because um, I was going to say, I think it was just, a, it was not too much longer after the park opened that I think they realized they needed to have restrooms. But it, it's possible that, I would think that they would have them there. I wonder if you can pick up the fireworks now that we're in this room doing the podcast. That'll be fun to hear. Uh, fireworks are <laughs> happening right now. Anyway, yes, so you went through um, costuming, which I have to say, yeah. not until I met you, well, I had known you for a bit, but... I learned some insider info that they actually were working in there. Like that was the costuming department. It was not as was perhaps implied that they were working on Hollywood costumes. It was like cast member costumes. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was, it was for operations, you know, for all of the costumes uh, throughout all of Walt Disney World, but also not like, and worldwide. Yes. But also entertainment. And characters. Yeah, but not like Dick Tracy. No, not not for the movies. <laughs> I feel like that's what they were implying that it was. Yes. But when I would go on this tour um, as a child, I'm going to call myself <laughs> a child, even though I was in high school, um, I just assumed they were just like, you know, fake people doing moving well, yeah. papers when around. When you went not through really... that tunnel, yeah. where you could see it, they actually had the, um, the several models. displays. Yes. From, you know, famous movies of the time, Dick Tracy and The Rocketeer and things like that, Pretty Woman, uh, where they actually had the costume. So it it would be a pretty easy thing to assumption. Uh, And then you went by the scenic shop, which I can probably count on one hand the time I the times I ever saw anyone actually working in there. Yeah, I never really saw much going on there. But this is the kind of place where they would actually, you know work with wood and, yeah. and other things like that just to kind of create either sets or props. But I never really did see much there. I don't know if any of that was actually... I mean, maybe they were doing stuff... Like, when the park first opened, they were actually filming some things oh, yeah. there. Like That was the whole intent, was to yeah. have this be a working studio. But it was hard to convince people to film in Florida, where it is basically a very humid swamp for most of the year. That is correct. And when it is not a million degrees, it is probably raining. Uh, Sometimes both. Yeah. So (laughs) it didn't really work out for them. They really tried hard to make it a thing. (laughs) Thunder in paradise, anyone? Yeah. And I think they filmed like some weird Mortal Kombat show I was looking at. Yeah. There's a couple of weird things. So, and I was fine with like, just like hire people to make it look like they're doing something. I mean, I, I knew that they weren't going to be like, Oh, I always, when I first went would think like, Oh, I wonder what they're working on. It's going to be some cool secret thing. But then obviously I figured out like, they're not ever going to show that to us, but it would have been fun if they kept up with it because I, you know, in thinking about, um, I get that it wasn't 
what they wanted it to be. And perhaps people got bored on this tour and we're still not even talking about the whole thing. There was the whole walking tour. But if you look at places like, you know, the Universal Studios Hollywood tour, that's like an hour long. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's, I guess, interactive in a way like they have actors on there doing and that was stuff certainly and the model because i mean when i lived in southern california that was kind of the the big thing yeah I'm going did you to ever Universal's. go to that i've actually still to this day i've never been to universal <gasps> studios we get to do it together yeah at some point so i mean i had always seen the commercials i remember when they had the you know the jaws yeah. uh, come out and the the big rotating drum thing i can't remember what that was mm. but um yeah <laughs> i you know the, the Universal Studios tour was always kind of like the big thing. Yeah. And so certainly this was modeled after that. Yeah. And I was during the time when Universal Studios was also being built, in fact, opened before Yeah, and that's them, the right? thing. It, went, it was like a race to see who would open exactly. their, and Universe, Disney, their Studios Park first. Not only did Disney beat them by a year and opening before that, but Universal Studios opening in, in the summer of 1990 was kind of a <clears throat> disaster. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't really know too much about that other than YouTube videos I've seen because I did not go to Universal until uh, Harry Potter Land opened. So <laughs> I have no backstories. <laughs> I actually went uh, very in one of the preview days hmm. in 1990. Yeah, June wow. of 1990. I remember reading it because the Birnbaum book, which of course we talk about, you know, was oh. our Bible. <laughs> uh, in the back of that it had a little blurb about Universal Studios when it opened. And I remember reading about the um, Psycho house mm-hmm. that they had on the hill. That's right. And even though I'm not a horror movie person, I was like, that would be cool to see. And I wanted to go see it, but I never did. And now it's not there. Yeah. Anyway, back to this tour. <laughs> Part of what, I guess, made the Universal Hollywood tram tour famous was it had you know like those special effects kind of things like the jaws thing and all that stuff so disney in wanting to compete with that i guess made their catastrophe canyon thing that's right which was very fun yeah it was in its early day it was amazing yeah and it was super fun if you had been but you were bringing people that had never been and you could yeah your first time was always the best yeah and you can be like oh my gosh and pretend like you know you were really gonna wait we're going to a hot set. We're actually <laughs> going to be able to see them film a scene. Yeah. This is going to be great. It was really fun. And, you know, before you got to that part, you went through Residential Street, which I loved because it was just like a fun little residential street, basically. And That's right. Um, it was a great spot for the Osborne Lights later in life. And then you would go back behind it, and they would all just be facades, and there was nothing there, and it was really yeah. cool. I mean, the thing that they always hawked was... The Golden Girls House, you know, <laughs> yeah. because this is, you know, that was a very popular show at the time. It was. And, and then Empty the Nest, the spinoff. Mm. I know. Also well, had their house. I watched it. Yeah. Back in the day. And, you know, the house from Ernest Sage Christmas. And oh, yeah. I never saw those. Or they had like the Alice in Wonderland live action. Yep show set, movie and all or of this you know, house, I never saw these that. were just exterior scenes like yeah. in the opening credits or certain scenes very f- little of the actual show was right ever it would there. just be like the when they would come back from commercial and do the little music yep. and show that and then they would go inside <laughs> which was not filmed there that's right um 
And then getting to Catastrophe Canyon, you would go past the Boneyard, which sometimes had some interesting things in there. Oh, yeah. um, I mean, but after had... a while, they just kind of were the same well, things that had... you've seen a million times. But yeah, they had them from some big movies. Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Yeah. And Return of the Jedi. Flight of the Navigator. Flight of the Navigator. And also Indiana Jones. Yeah. The Last Crusade. So it was just fun. Um, mm. I love a an attraction where you have a guide, which uh, this park had the backlot tour mm. with the tram guide, and also the great movie ride also had a guide. So oh, yeah. that was two attractions that did things I love, like listen, listen to the land. Mm-hmm. I always forget what the original <laughs> was now because it's been living with the land for so long. Uh, someone recently was shocked that they used to have oh, a yeah. real person Live. on there. And, and those, were, like, wow. those were the best times. It's really crazy that we didn't have more, like, uh, Disney should have really recorded all of their attractions so that at least they had high-quality films of these things. Maybe they do somewhere. They just don't share them with us. Anyway, New York Street uh, was another place that you got to see forced perspective, and they had the little Washington Square arch mm-hmm. that you could look through. And then mm-hmm. later... Uh, during that run, there was kind of like a Dick Tracy show that happened. Yeah, because Dick Tracy was kind of um, Disney's kind of answer to Warner Brothers' Batman, mm. which had come out just the year before. Um, this is 1990, the summer of 1990. And uh, so they, just like Dick Tracy, was kind of modeled after a comic book. They kind of painted the, the streets as, yeah. just like a comic book, and they had a lot of the crazy characters come out and do a whole show right there for you. Um, what was it called? Time. Dick Tracy Double Cross oh, that was a That was a separate show. Oh. That was a different show at a different uh, location. It Wait, was, what? Yeah. Oh. Well, I guess I'm just thinking of the one that you saw on the tram ride then. Yeah. Where they were still like shooting at you and stuff. Oh, yeah. That's okay. Right. <laughs> and then uh, at some point they stopped going down New York or seeing New York Street and you could walk through there. Eventually, yeah. They be, when um, the park started having more and more crowds, they needed more places for the people to go, mm. and so they eventually opened up New York Street um, as and a then place for people to go. There was the at the end of the tour, you could do well. The end of the tram tour, then you could do the walking tour That's inside right. the Magic. Well, yeah, as as we as we said before, initially that was the second half. Yeah. And is when when you finished the tram tour, you know there was no place to like you couldn't go back into the regular park right. per se. You had, you to, had to finish the tour. And, and did it go right into the water? Yeah. Effects? They actually eventually opened up the Honey I Shrunk the Kids play, play area. area as a place to you know for kids to play yeah. during that little halfway point. Hmm. Um, before it eventually became just part of the uh, regular part of the tour wow. or regular part of the park. So yeah, uh, the the part um, the beginning of the walking tour was yes the uh, the water tank. You want to talk about that a little bit? Uh, it was a fun <laughs> special effects. Well, Universal Hollywood has something similar, but they have like the whole water world experience. Oh, yeah. Um, but it basically was showing you all the different um, special effects that they can do with miniatures on the water so that it looks like it's a big ship, but it's really a little ship. And then they put a fan on so the 
waves look realistic, so it's not like a little toy sure. boat floating around. Yeah, and, and this is where they started uh, picking audience members out of the right crowd and to be could, participants. They would show you how they would film something, and it would make it look like you were in the middle of a raging storm, but it was really you were just standing there, <laughs> um, but getting however 200 gallons of water dumped on you or something like that. And I actually got selected to do that wow. once. I've never done got that. Soaked. I know they, they put a rain slicker on you. Yeah. But uh, and so you're not supposed to really get wet. But uh, for some reason, I did. Did you? I always wondered if they like gave you a, a free T-shirt or something after. I guess not. Nope. No, no T-shirt. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you went into the interior uh, buildings, and yeah. they had. Uh, there was like a green screen room that had like the B in it. Right. Uh, actually, before that, though, they actually at some point added the props shop that you could uh, walk through. That was when they got rid of the other stuff. Okay. And it became the one continuous show. Yes. I've recently researched okay. this. Um, yeah, I don't think, because you never used to walk through the prop shop thing, did you? Uh, at some point, you did. Oh. It was kind of like the sometimes included it and sometimes didn't. Interesting. And then uh, later on, they had the walk through the props warehouse as being part of the just the kind of like the queue to yeah. get to the next thing. So hmm. I mean, there's really been a long evolution of, yeah. of things, and things changed mm-hmm. back and forth a lot. Yeah. Um, but like, then, yeah, they did the, the green screen. Yeah, like we said, Dick Tracy was a big movie right around the time the park opened, and they had a whole room basically devoted to the special effects used in Dick Tracy oh, yeah. with, like, green screens and miniatures and weird stuff like that. And then the next room, I think, was the B room. And a lot had, of the matte paintings as well, yeah, like Peter Ellenshaw. And uh, there was a cast member in there showing you all the different things. So you weren't just like walking through and looking at nothing. There was a cast member describing yep. things and pointing things out, etc. And then the B room, um, you were kind of like, B-B. there were these big warehouses and you were <laughs> walking in like ramps around. Yeah, the, along the perimeter of them. Yeah. Room, but on the interior perimeter so that you can kind of surround. Yeah. That. And uh, so then the next room had this giant B in it with the green screen. And from what movie? That was from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Oh, yeah. And then a big an audience member. Classic. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, audience member was picked for that to ride on the back of the bee, and they would film them for a minute and then show them the final product. It was always funny when, like, they would get a child that would have no reaction at all, and then they would play the film back, and it's like, wow, great job. Um, <laughs> so that was a thing. And then you went into, I'm going to forget the order, but I think there was, like, the audio section next right and that was i believe so it, you just kind of walked by oh wait um, that's a little bit later that that one was after the sound stages oh okay so yeah you walked by sound stages where they were filming like wheel of fortune or whatever they like, had all kinds of things they mickey had mouse clubhouse at some point they had mickey mouse clubhouse they also had star search they had let's make a deal of which at one point i actually got to be a part of the uh, audience for that show oh i dressed up as a fireman wow yeah, one ten Disney dollars. That's crazy. <laughs> but yeah, they had uh, so essentially you were um, on the second floor, kind of overlooking the you know 
couple of sound stages. Yeah. Uh, where sometimes they would have actual productions going on. You'd be able to see that. And then during those times when they really didn't have anything, they would kind of explain this would be used for that. Yeah. And it was just kind of like a holding area to get to the next room, right. which the next one was then the sound stage thing, which was narrated by Pee Wee Herman and, and Mel, Mel Gibson. Gibson. That's right. Yeah, basically all along the um, the walking tour, each room had a different video hosted yeah. by a different couple of stars. I remember there was one with Rick Moranis and Goldie Hawn. Wow, uh, you know, I the, blocked that out. Bill Cosby and Felicia Rashad <laughs> for the sound stages. Yeah. Like it was all a, the people that got canceled later. It was a different time. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, this all led up to uh, you seeing a movie showing all of the special effects and sound and things like that that you had learned about um, filmed at the Disney MGM Studios, oh, New York Street, that was the lottery, the lottery with starring Bette, Bette Midler. Midler. That's right. It was a short 10-minute-ish film, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no memory of, like, where... Did you sit down and watch that, no, or was it... You actually, no, it was, you actually stood up during screen? this. Oh, okay. Uh, so, yeah, you're, you basically watched this, this fun little yeah, video... it was cute. ...with Bette Midler. You know, she was a, what, a, a singing... A piano singing uh, teacher or something like exactly. that. Exactly. And <laughs> there was a pigeon, and a pigeon. she had a lottery ticket it turns out she won but there were some misadventures and yeah blew the, out the window the pigeon had stolen her <laughs> ticket and she was basically going to all lengths to get it back yeah and she finally did spoilers she actually bought the pigeon a, a, a giant statue, statue so he could which she it. promised she would do yeah uh and then <clears throat> the next room was then getting you back down so you were like going on ramps down through this building and as you went around you were seeing props from yeah, the movie props and sets and that sets. they had for the entire filming of that yeah. lottery basically showing you hey not everything is exactly as it appears um, which is the magic of movie making yeah and then later in later years when they kind of had morphed it into one or two tours rather mm-hmm. um it became a set area for like 101 Dalmatians, the live that's action right. thing. And live action movie, that's right. I don't know what it was after that. Was there another yeah, they, movie? Yeah, they changed it around quite a lot. I cannot remember all of the movies that mm. they put in there, but it was a few. And then in 2001, it permanently closed, that section. Oh, well. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that was kind of it. And it was a fun... Oh, what am I forgetting? Well, just the culmination at the end of all of that, where you would go into the the Disney, uh, where they showed the the great film with Mickey Mouse and Mike Eisner. Oh, yes. You know, kind of showcasing everything that you had seen, and now we're going to be showing you some coming. Oh, some, yeah, some the coming, coming attractions. attractions. Wow, I totally forgot. Yeah, about so that. it was just a wonderful movie about Mickey Mouse and. You know, Donald Duck and Chernabog, of all people, going <laughs> to the, the screening room on the studio set to watch the coming attractions. And honestly, they could have been showing us anything at that point because you got to sit down after the 40-minute oh, yeah. walking tour, so everyone <laughs> was happy. But that was always a fun a fun little intro movie, and then they would show, you know, 
uh, trailers yeah. for upcoming Disney films. Which at the time, you know, back in the early 1990s, that was always a, a fun, special thing. It was a different time. It really was. Because I feel like no one would have the patience to go through either of those experiences now unless there was some amazing thing being shown to them or some amazing thrill happening on the tram part or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. But it was fun while it lasted. I loved it. And, of course, the tour uh, became Lights, Motors, Action after that. Yeah. Residential Basically, treatment. you know, at, at some point when all of these things became more and more obsolete with the introduction of DVDs and, you know, bonus videos yeah. that became a lot more popular, basically the need for some of these things became less and less. And then eventually, yes, they did kind of bulldoze, you know, residential street for the opening of Lights, Motors, Actions, Epic Stunt Spectacular, or the, the stunt show. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so it basically became less and less. Uh, the Catastrophe Canyon eventually kind of became a shell of itself and eventually got uh, bulldozed to be part of Star Wars. Yeah. Galaxy's Edge. But that uh, wasn't until much later. Yes. So... That was obviously a favorite of both of us, but oh, yeah. we also enjoyed, I mean, we could go on an entire episode about oh, the Great yeah. Movie Ride, I'm sure. Oh my gosh. And I know we've talked in the past about the Superstar Television, so I don't want to spend too much time on that. Um, and the Monster Sound Show. Monster Sound Show. I was just show. thinking when talking, you know, thinking about this episode, I feel like the Monster Sound Show could still exist oh, to yeah. this day and be relevant because Absolutely. there's still Foley artists out there doing this kind of thing. That's right. It's not all taken over by computers like so much else in the movie business. Yeah, and, that, and even kind of the format that they did where they would you know show you the film yeah. and then, and then the kind of would... show you the different props and things that they would use to create the sound effects and then have you know pick out a couple of guests to try to, to do that to the... Uh, to the movie and then showing that yeah. the end result. Yeah, it was fun. That was a, a wonderful format. I yeah. think it would work very well. I agree. Mm. Uh, but some remnants of the original <laughs> park are, of course, the Sci-Fi Dine-In Theater. I was going to say that and the... Um, Primetime Cafe. Prime, yeah, are essentially in Hollywood practically Rome. unchanged. Yeah. Knock on wood. Day. I'm knocking on wood. <laughs> Please leave them the way they are. Which are, uh, you know, two great uh, concepts for yeah. restaurants. I mean, they they have changed sci-fi only in that the servers used to be on roller skates oh when gosh. it opened. Can and you I, imagine that? Probably a couple of years ago, <laughs> I, there was still at least one person on roller skates, but I don't think they do it anymore. Probably like a an OSHA issue or something uh, like yeah. that. <laughs> um, but I still love it in there so much i can walk in and feel like it's 1990 oh, yeah. for me all over again and yeah, I mean, just you know the darkened theater just showing yeah, you the classic it's just uh, so well done 50s uh, and so detailed proof. i mean yeah, look at that well you haven't been there yet but if you look at that versus uh well i don't want to say anything too bad there's now uh, Roundup Rodeo Barbecue. Oh, right, right. And a lot of people were giving it grief because it's kind <laughs> of just, uh, you know, not too super detailed. But it, it really kind of is based on what it's supposed to be, which is like made by Andy yeah. kind that, of thing. Yeah, that's a whole separate thing. Yeah, we'll talk about they Roundup really Rodeo on another episode. But anyway, the details and the level of theming in sci-fi and oh, yeah. 
um, Primetime Cafe are just, if you want to experience Disney yeah, MGM Studios, go to those two yeah, places. Because as I said, those are essentially unchanged yeah. since opening day for the most part. Even the, the material that they show on their respective screens mm-hmm. has not changed yeah. at all. And Backlot Express is another place which it doesn't really mean as much anymore, but when it opened, it was part of the whole backstage experience feel to the park. Mm-hmm. So Showing you a lot of the props and things yeah. like that, yeah. I mean, it's just kind of like, what is this at this point? You know, because it doesn't really fit in with the rest of the park area, in my I opinion. I say, though, uh, another one is the Indiana Jones Epic Stunt Spectacular. Yeah, which that it, it, it wasn't quite an much. opening day attraction, but it was. Uh, it opened shortly after the park hmm. opened. But yeah, it's just a grand show, essentially showing off stunt work. And I feel like they could update that to show perhaps new technologies and new advances in stunt work and special effects. Um, But, you know... It it, it takes up a big chunk of real estate. I I imagine it might be the next thing to possibly go. I don't know. What would they possibly put there? I have no idea. (laughs) But it's a big thing and perhaps maybe not the most relevant these days. Although I I still love it. Uh, We should probably wrap up our episode we have not visited the animation that's right area that's the last of the opening day situations because of course when the park opened sunset boulevard and tower of terror and all of that was not there existed yeah brown derby was there and then the huge arch was kind of supposed to be this is the entrance to the back lot area the studio area Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't really make sense anymore, but it's still there, <laughs> and it still has a name on it. So, yeah. Uh, so, y- you would go onto a. That was actually the entrance to the backlot tour, wasn't it? In there. Well, it was kind of both. The and then ba- you would go off to the, the right and do the tour, animation yeah, tour. Exactly. Okay, that's what I was. Yeah, the right was the animation. To the left was uh, the backstage tour. So, if you have visited. Uh, I guess it's Launch Bay now, right? Yeah. Launch Bay, there's kind of like Star Wars meet and greet locations and some weird props, like there's a a bar with blue milk on it and stuff (laughs) like that in there now. So before, it was an actual walking tour of um, Disney animation. And this was an actual, an actual working thing. animation studio. They had brought a lot of the animators out from California to essentially make an animation east. And they yeah. actually did work on actual films. Yeah, Mulan. They, they, well, they, they did complete Mulan, Lilo and Stitch, and Brother Bear. Wow. Uh, but they had also done a lot of, um, some of the elements of Beauty and the Beast uh, in every movie afterwards. But um, those three were done completely there. I used to love this tour because you could see into people's desks and there wasn't always people, you were kind of like above them and the desks were like down a level. So you were like looking down on Mm -hmm. what they were doing. There weren't always people in there working in front of the (laughs) tour groups, but I still just loved looking at the desks and seeing all the knickknacks that people had and the little collections that they had and everything. And you went through, and it was hosted by, of That's course, Robin Williams. Yeah, because you started with the whole movie uh, with Robin Williams and Walter Cronkite. Mm-hmm. 
And then, as you essentially walked through this whole animation thing, you would see little snippets, you know, more video about each process of animation. Yes. Yeah. You know, continuing with uh, Robin Williams. And, and they were turning Robin Williams into an animated character. That's he was right. a he lost was a boy. Lost boy. And he was adorable. And you would see all the different elements of, you know, like the people that were drawing the cells and the people that were the in-betweeners or what, I don't know if uh -huh. they actually called them that, yeah. but then the, the ink and paint arts. people yeah. and the background and special effects and all that stuff. And so you wound your way through. And as you were walking through, they also had usually on the walls, like posters of upcoming mm -hmm. animation things, which at the time was like very exciting to see because oh, yeah. there wasn't I would like always YouTube to show you trailers. Try to, try to examine exactly everything. Yeah. Try to pick out what's coming, what's coming <laughs> next. Uh, and then it ended in another movie where you got to actually sit down and see the completed um, right. Robin Williams added into Return the to uh, Return to Neverland yeah. little thing, which was very funny. And um, oh, anything with Robin Williams. We Classic. say around here a lot. I, I know we did this on the last time we talked about this, but there's one point where I think they make Robin into a cat or something, or they make Walter Cronkite into a cat. Walter Cronkite. And we say that a lot. <laughs> and now no one knows what that is from or what we're talking about. It's really someone. Um, All of this can be found on yeah. YouTube, of course. Uh, and I highly recommend y'all check it out. Some one of the TikTok slash Instagram reels were making the rounds of people like, hey, look at this thing I found. And it was like that. And I was just like, wow. Found. So everything you know, comes can... around again and people yeah. will learn stuff. But <clears throat> until then, we have our memories. Oh, yeah. I don't remember um, after, so that spit you out then back into the animation courtyard. Well, yeah, and eventually they kind of reversed because you started with a theater experience and then you walked through the animation, the actual desk, and then you ended in a whole other uh, theater experience mm -hmm. where they showed essentially the greatest moments of Disney animation. Uh, and eventually okay. they, they did, you know, they reversed it so that you change which, which theater showed which. But it was kind of always that way. Um, and then when they got rid of that tour, I guess it was there until animation shut down, yeah, right? right? And then they kind of turned it into a meet and greet area for like non-Star Wars things, just regular meet and greet mm -hmm. things. And they were, for a while, I think they kept like an animation element to it where they just had stuff hanging around yeah. that were like informational things. At one point, you could walk through and see like... Um, the Oscars that Walt won for Snow White a lot of and the, the Seven Dwarfs yeah, and other awards and things like as that. As many as 12 of them or something like that. Yeah, quite <laughs> and, a lot. Uh, it also, at one point, one of the theaters turned into the Animation Academy yeah. where you could draw things. And there was an additional um, cement handprint area mm -hmm. for like the Disney legends some um, of them yeah. some of the animation people in there like a, and I hope Ollie. that's still there I'm not sure I haven't been back there it's been a while see. but uh, anyway totally so different now. <laughs> then it became eventually Launch Bay which is weird because it you really have a is. whole Star Wars land now and Plus Star Tours yeah. so who's 
I don't know. I feel like that that's is... That's the other thing that probably is not yeah. long for because this world. Because Voyage of the Little Mermaid also has not reopened since... No, it has not. ...the park reopened, so who knows what that is going to be. But that's a whole other thing. They had a, that was a great show with a phenomenal yeah, like a pre-show thing. that eventually everything <clears throat> got cut and cut until mm-hmm. uh, it, it became a show of itself. When that show opened, it was kind of like the time for Disney puppet shows... Um, that were very well yeah. done. They weren't just oh, like, was, you know, puppet shows. Great. Like the um, Legend of the Lion King at Magic Kingdom, mm-hmm. which took over Mickey Mouse Review. That's right. Similar style of, um, but this had, you know, live action people as well. Ariel was singing and she had her whole tail situation and there was a fun dog. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, I don't know, lots of fun stuff. And... We didn't really talk too much, but I know we have before about the, um, what was that place called? The Soundstage Restaurant. The Soundstage Restaurant restaurant that actually had uh, giant props from a lot of the movies. Eventually, it started with big business. Yeah. Like, what? I know. (laughs) You know, Lily Tomlin, Bette Midler. Yeah. Um, And eventually, you know, it had Aladdin. Then it was half Aladdin and half Beauty and the Beast or something Uh and became a weird restaurant. And, um... Upstairs was the Catwalk Bar, which, as I've oh, mentioned yeah. before, was my first official <laughs> Disney alcoholic beverage was served up oh, there. My. And, yeah, and then it became later on, you know, Playhouse Disney and all that stuff, which yep. holds different memories for me because my oldest children were young when that happened, and we would see <laughs> Bear in the Big Blue House there oh, and stuff. So. Tutter? And Tutter Mouse, yes, loved him. <laughs> uh, yeah, and you know we didn't really talk too much about some of the shows that existed back then, yeah. but there was of course the Muppets one that happened before the Muppets movie. There was Meet the Muppets with giant live action yeah. Muppet puppets, <laughs> like human sized Kermit, yeah, and animal and and where drove the monorail right through the wall. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Here come the Muppets. That was a fun show. And, of course, the Beauty and the Beast show, which I was never a huge fan of. But I mean, and here's the the Beauty and the Beast show, I guess, is still the longest-running live uh, show in Disney parks right now. And um, it has moved locations several times because when it first came out, it, you know, Sunset... Boulevard did not exist, and it was essentially where, it's, um, kind of, where the entrance to Sunset Boulevard is now. Where that is the theater that it is in now, essentially got moved back there, and that's also where they had the Star of the Day, where oh. they uh, when you know, when when Disney MGM Studios opened, they basically planned to have a, a star in attendance at the park every day. Yeah. And so they would have like a, a, a meet and greet situation with guests at that theater. Mm. Uh, they would have a motorcade down Hollywood Boulevard and then a handprint ceremony yeah. as well, which they would then be able to use those handprints and install them at the Chinese theater where the great movie ride was. Yeah. And they did that every day for a couple of years. Yeah, lots of soap opera stars and people that, you know. Remember the first one? No. Opening day, Annette Funicello. Oh, that makes sense. Oh, yeah. <sighs> All right. Well, this went on about <laughs> as long as I thought it would, I guess. And we could still keep oh, going. Yeah. But there's a lot to talk about. And that's the thing. We There's a lot to talk about. And yeah. we'll be able to rehash a lot of this and, and bring out new topics for In the future, uh, we can future do some shows. deep dives into oh, yeah. specific areas and things Absolutely. for this park this and other This was just parks. kind of like a, you know, our memories of old... Disney MGM Studios 
essentially from when it opened till maybe around when Sunset Boulevard yeah. was being planned. <laughs> yes, and you know it still holds a very special place in my heart, and it's one of my favorite parks for a long time. When uh, I would visit all the time. I wasn't really going to Magic Kingdom a lot because it was just like, oh, well, that's the kids' park. <laughs> and I loved Epcot, as you know. Oh, yeah. And so that would be my number one park. And then when MGM opened, sorry, I'm calling it MGM. Absolutely. <laughs> that's fine. Uh, that was my second favorite park because it was just like, it was such a fun experience. And every time it could be different because there were so many of those interactive things and oh, stuff yeah. like that. So. And also for me, you know, when I first started working for the company, you know, I, me and my friends, we would go to the parks after work every single day. And back then, we only had three parks to choose from. Wow. And so essentially, one third of every, you know, <laughs> of my time after work every night was at Disney MGM Studios. So mm-hmm. we loved it. Seeing sorcery in the sky, fireworks narrated by Vincent Price and all that. Ah, the inflatable sorcerer making oh, yeah. his finger pointing. And the sparks coming out. Yeah. And now they have a million projection shows. But <laughs> what a time. I know. It really was. It was just a lot <laughs> It of really, fun. I do wish, well, I wish a lot of the things could be rewound to where I was going to yeah. say, I, that's the one park, but it's not because Epcot is the oh, one yeah. park I wish would be rewound <laughs> in time. Anyway, we hope you enjoyed our stroll down memory lane for the Disney MGM Studios, now Disney's Hollywood Studios, 34th birthday. Mm-hmm. And let us know on social media or in comments or wherever you can find us what your favorite memories are of oh, this yeah. park. We'd and when your hear. first visit was, I would love to know if people other than us experienced it when it was in its heyday or if they experienced it for the first time when it was already so very changed, yeah. you know. Uh, so make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast on Apple or Google or wherever you listen to your podcasts and turn on notifications so you can know when we do a new episode. Since we are doing audio only at this point, I'm not going to tell you to subscribe to YouTube, but you can if you want, because there's probably going to be some videos coming there soon too. And, but this is where you're going to get your podcast. Oh, yeah. like wherever you're listening right now, make sure you're subscribed. Please. And give us a rating. That would be cool if we get, got some more reviews and share. Tell your friends that we're back and better than ever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're and, happy yeah, to we're be here. We're looking forward to doing a lot more of these. Yes, we are. And they probably won't be this long. I'll try to keep them shorter, but we had a lot to say. And, uh, yeah, so thanks for joining us up the waterfall, and we'll see you next time. Bye now.